What's up, everybody? This is FTW with Ahmad Khan, part of the Dot Esports Podcast Network. I'm Ahmad Khan of Tom's Guide. Twitch has been embroiled in drama surrounding hot tub streamers and more sexually suggestive content. The streaming site, which was first formed to host video game streamers and esports competitions, has expanded to more variety programming. In this expansion came a wave of streamers, largely women, who were increasingly revealing outfits. They began towing the line of Twitch's community guidelines regarding sexual content. Some of these streamers also have OnlyFans accounts, which host more explicit content. Granted, in most cases, viewers have to find OnlyFans pages through outside search engines. Caitlin Amaranth Saragusa, who currently has 3.6 million followers on Twitch and 1.3 million on Twitter, as well as Janelle IndieFox Dagris, were recently banned from Twitch for hosting sexually suggestive ASMR streams. This was after hot tub streams waned in popularity. These streams involve speaking into a microphone and making other suggestive sounds. These more explicit ASMR streams would also have the camera aimed at their lower backside. The Twitch ban, which was more of a suspension, lasted three days. Joining me today is Chase of Stream Elements, an end-to-end platform for live streaming and video-on-demand production. Chase was a longtime video game journalist turned media relations and PR director. At Twitch, Chase was director of PR for nearly six years before jumping over to Stream Elements. According to Stream Elements, ASMR grew on Twitch 38% between May to June of 2021, in large part due to the switch by some top hot tub streamers. Chase, thank you so much for coming on the show. Oh, you're welcome. I'm excited to be here. So as somebody who is there in the early stages of Twitch, let's uh, catch some people up on exactly when Twitch kind of made the pivot from more video game-centric content to larger variety content. Sure. So Twitch launched in uh, 2000, in June of 2011 and with a focus on video game content. Um, in fact, if you weren't playing video games, they would take you off the platform. So a lot of people grew up with Twitch being very, um, very hardcore about the type of content permitted. Um, but fast forward to 2015, they noticed that a lot of their creators were doing um, fan art and cosplay. And so they said this type of content was growing very quickly with a very passionate base. So they said we should create we should create a, a an area for people to do creative content. And that resulted in the launch of the creative category, which was based around seeing was based around the creative process, like, you know, how to cook a meal, how to compose a song to how to paint a picture. Um, and so it's where people could go and showcase creating their cosplay or doing fan art related to their favorite video games or any type of content. And so that was the very first non-gaming content category. And from that, they actually launched a marathon with the late 80s television painter Bob Ross because his <laughs> yes. show, The Joy of Painting, was essentially what the creative category was all about. He would talk to the viewers as if they were in the room with him as he showed them how to paint a picture. And what that revealed to Twitch was that uh, fans of the platform really enjoy programmatic TV. And so then you start having a wave of different types of television marathons from uh, from Pokemon to Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood to Saturday Night Live. Um, and from there, um, uh, a lot of other non-gaming categories came to uh, exist. But everything in the early days uh, was actually driven from the community as opposed to Twitch saying, okay, we want to do this type of category, they would look to the community to sort of guide the direction they took. In the case of um, IRL, which later became Just Chatting, which is what's going to lead us to the topic of today, 
IRL um, came about because they did an audit with some of the partners on the platform and they said, what's the number one category? They will actually ask two questions. Would you want to have more non-gaming content on the platform? And if so, what kind? And the majority said yes. And the number one most requested category was uh, was IRL, which is basically just blogging about whatever you want with no sort of constraints in terms of having to t- deal, talk about games or anything. You talk about whatever you want. Mm-hmm. And that became the just, and that became the IRL category. IRL then became this catch-all for all different types of non-gaming content to the point where in 2018, they split IRL off into a number of subcategories to help with discovery and to also uh, not just help with discovery, but also make it a lot clearer what each category was for. And in that um, moment, they actually created the ASMR category. So ASMR as a content category has been around since August of 2018. Um, And what we've noticed with ASMR, especially over this last year, is that it's been a constantly growing category um, it grew year over year, 121% in hours watched. And you'd mentioned the stat earlier, but to add a little bit more context, it increased hours watched per day, 38% between May and June. Um, so what that tells us is not only is it growing each day, but it was growing, especially in this last month or two, where we've seen some bigger streamers, um, you know, engage in it. Mm-hmm. And you know, at Twitch, uh, it it seems that the platform, as a live streaming platform, compared to you know, let's say YouTube, has had different community guidelines, especially in regards to um, you know sexual content or things that are seemed as more explicit. Uh, when wh- I guess what was like kind of the first major controversy from from what you can recall that involved a streamer being suspended or banned that really caught maybe the media attention? Well. Um... Gosh, actually, I wish I had prepared more for that question. <laughs> uh, you know, it's like, uh, you know, I worked at Twitch the, uh, from 2011 to 2019, so it covers a, a wide swath of yes, time. Yes, yes. And so um, I can't really remember the first big ban. Um, it'll probably come to me right when I jump off this call. <laughs> um, but yeah, so it's not something I can really speak to right now. But um, but the, the rules themselves are something that have always been something that Twitch has been constantly evolving. And I think the most important uh, evolution was when they said we're going to uh, they released all these guidelines of what you can and can't do. And they were very hard rules. The problem is, is when you say something, when you have very defined rules, it makes it easier for people to find those abstract holes that doesn't account for. And so. Um, so what, then what they did is they actually, this was pretty smart, but it's also something that's led to some of the controversies is that they said, okay, we're going to take a holistic view of moderation. Meaning that if somebody, they didn't want to be the fashion police, they didn't want somebody to have report a woman because she's wearing a tank top. That is not what Twitch wanted. It's not what they're about. It's not what they believe in. Um, you know, and so what they decided to do was take a holistic view, which meant looking at everything that comes into play and then looking at the overall context. And what that means is where's the camera angled? What type of things are they saying beneath the screen? What is the name of the the, the stream? You know, and so when you look at, you know, several different components of a broadcast, then they can put that together and determine, okay, this is definitely falls under what we would call, you know, sexual content. 
And so, uh, so that's how they look at things now. Um, and so it is very subjective. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, I think some of the controversy around the most recent uh, suspensions is the fact that, I mean, this is ghost based on things like some of the streamers were suspended said it's like, oh, well, we saw other people doing the same thing who weren't being uh, banned. So we figured it was OK for us to do it. Um, and it could very well be a case that those other streamers were never reported. A lot of things are I mean, the reality is, is the bigger you are, the more reports you get if people have an issue with your content. Um, so it could be the fact that because they're so popular that it became a lot more uh, you know, rose to their attention much faster. Um, so yeah, mm-hmm. so there's a lot of variables. The other thing, here's a little thing that people also don't understand is that Twitch never comments on terms of service violations out of respect for the privacy of its users, which is a good, which is a good rule to have because if you, if you talk about one streamer publicly, then you open the door to have to comment on every single ban or suspension that happens. And just, uh, it's not a, you know, a, a company is not a good place for a company to be in to have to deal with that, especially when you have, you know, hundreds, thousands, hundreds of thousands of users. Um, so they don't comment on those types of things. And so as a result, sometimes people get banned for something and I've seen them talk about uh, other reasons, you know. And so because when you get banned, they usually they, they'll tell you why they'll say, well, for this this type of content, you know, but sometimes within that description it could apply apply to a number of things and maybe the thing that they're saying oh i got banned for doing this might not be the exact same thing that the moderators saw um right but, right, but right. they're not going to challenge them online so if a streamer says oh i was banned because i was wearing a tank top that might not be the reason you know i've seen people who got banned not for what they're wearing but because during a, a stream that seemed like it could have been for that they were uh, streaming somebody else's content on their channel and that was actually the reason why. Um, <laughs> and so, but I'm speaking back to my history with the brand. I left in 2019. Um, so um, their moderation, I'm sure, has continued to evolve since then and how they address things and look at things. So I am not a spokesperson for Twitch. Um, so I can only sort of speak from how I sort of viewed things. And I was never on the moderation team, by the way. I Working comms, I did, you know, pass things along and discuss things. It was part of meetings around certain things, but uh, it's definitely not an area where I can speak as a somebody who on, was on staff in those departments. Yeah, you know, I think one comment that you made um, that I guess made me kind of think about this is where by creating more specific rules that just that kind of gave a little bit of ammunition or creative ammunition for people to find ways to um, play within those rules. For example, maybe if uh, I remember at one point, Twitch had a rule regarding cleavage, which I think was mo- uh, modified at some point. Um, so for example, you know, a streamer couldn't be playing, you know, and again, this could have changed, this has probably changed since then. But let's say playing a game with like a, uh, you know, without it, if it was a male without a top or a female with a right. you know, yeah, bikini I mean, top. I think that's sort of basically, I always uh, equated, um, the rules, like it was basically a Goldilocks and three big bear scenario where they had it so strict. So mm-hmm. everybody's like, okay, we can find end runs around this. But then they made it too loose where the, the community was saying, we need more guidance. And I think mm-hmm. that's where they came up with their taking a holistic view approach. 
Right. Um, and the thing is, people will still crave, will still speak out saying, we need more clarity on this. And, and I think it's almost like they want certain hard rules, but I think at the same time as if they do it, um, then they'll be put back, Twitch will be, end up back in the same corner they were before they went with the way they did. But here's the thing I always think about, which is that, that it's not easy to get suspended. You know, people think <laughs> they, 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 you hear people say, Oh, I'm worried I might get banned or suspended. It's if you think you're doing something, first off, they have their community guidelines, but the, the key to not getting suspended is look at, read the guidelines and understand, you know, what is pushing the envelope. You know, some people know they're pushing the envelope and they're hoping they can push it to a certain degree because maybe it helps their with their viewers or subscribers. But the reality is, is that you have to try harder to actually get suspended or banned. Um, I mean, that, that's, that's not to say there's people who, uh, you know, there's other reasons nowadays that people might get suspended that aren't so clear cut. Like DMCA has obviously raised a lot of different issues, and that's with music music copyright where uh, certain things that were once permitted on the platform are now being flagged by uh, uh, owners of that copyright material, and that can result mm -hmm. in bans. But in terms of doing things that are um, against the community guidelines of, you know, of a sexual nature or sexually suggestive content, I think that stuff is actually easier to avoid than it seems. Um, mm -hmm. and, I mean, uh, yeah. well, one way that uh, I felt... Or one thing that actually caught me by surprise was in terms of maybe creativity was the rise of hot tub streamers and maybe kind of a, a skirting of the rules in a sense in which you're saying, well, see, like I'm in a, a hot tub or like a pool, so I need to wear appropriate clothing. And then Twitch actually responded in a way that I found surprising by creating a new category called the what uh, hot tub and beaches uh, category. I mean, for, from an outsider perspective, now that you've left Twitch, uh, does that response at all, was that at all surprising? Um, surprising, you know, it was definitely interesting. Well, here's the thing is that they've what they've already, once you sort of allow certain types of content, it's a much harder for the community. If you can't say to the community, Hey, you're allowed to do this. And then suddenly say, okay, we're no longer doing this because there's a few bad actors in a category. I think one of the bigger concerns with these types of streams, uh, for them is that advertisers don't always want certain types of content to be sure. based to, to appear around their brand is brands. And so by giving it its own category, they could then by default make it so you can opt out of it, just like they can do with ASMR. So if an advertiser mm -hmm. is not comfortable being around this type of content, um, Twitch can easily, I assume it's easy to sort of click a box and say, okay, for this advertiser, no channels from these categories are going to be uh, appearing uh, when their ads run. Um, but uh, mm. yeah, I mean, it was... Uh, I thought it was actually a pretty creative move to to sort of appease two bosses, you know, one. <laughs> I mean, you have to also realize that this there, there's a there's a culture struggle with Twitch in terms of the people who grew up with Twitch, you know, where was games only. And that's be, that became that was such a hardcore mantra for the community for so long that now that it's really you can pretty much do anything on Twitch within their community guidelines. Uh, but there's still people who see it as, okay, here's a gaming platform, but now we have people doing types of content that, you know, where, you know, that doesn't always lean into gaming and, and could lean into, lean into things that are uh, obviously, as we learn, more suggestive. Um, and 
you know, the thing is, I, you know, I've been around long enough and, you know, of, of a certain age where I, you know, I'm always of the view that if you don't like certain content, you know, there's a lot of other things you can watch instead of it, rather than sit around saying, I can't believe these, this is happening. They need to get rid of this. And, you know, it's like they have thousands of creators. There's something for everyone. If you don't like watching people in hot tubs, then go watch somebody, you know, speed run. You know, there's there's so many other things you could be doing than protesting what you don't like if it's within the terms of service of the platform. Um, but that's just mm. my take on it. Uh, and I think we're also in an age where um, uh, just social norms are changing, where what might have been controversial to everyone at some point, um, you know, suggest more sexually suggestive content. Now there's a sort of po body positivity in terms of uh, being supporting things that are more explicit. And so I think you also have that sort of now happening, not just on Twitter, I'm just talking about in general, um, mm. where I think a lot of things that were considered edgier are people are saying we should be more accepting of certain things. And so, um, you know, we've seen that happen with the whole sex worker, uh, uh, view of sex workers in our society. You know, mm. at one point there was a, it was a hardcore stigma across the board. And now you have a lot of support online for people doing what they, you know, uh, own, taking control of themselves and, you know, and doing things like OnlyFans. You know, there's a lot of support for that. Um, and so I think uh, these changes in our broader culture are impacting a lot of what's happening in live streaming. Um, mm. So I think that's uh, just one of the things that's going to make it harder for platforms to appease people who have very hard set rules of what they think is appropriate. You know, as somebody who, who's been doing media relations and public relations for, for quite a while now, the media response and kind of the YouTuber influencer response regarding the rise of, you know, hot tub streamers. I, I guess maybe the question isn't, you know, did you at all find it surprising? But do you feel that the passion around the issue is embedded into the fact that this it's butting heads with this older Twitch audience that was there from the beginning and was very um, tied to the hardcore gaming aspects of, of the platform versus maybe a newer audience that's finding the platform and just seeing it more as a potpourri of, you know, anything and everything. Yeah. I think that's a really fair assessment. I think that definitely is the case, you know, it's because you still see people saying, you know, making point like Twitch is for gamers. And it's like, well, Twitch is for gaming like Amazon is for books. Yes, it started off. Amazon <laughs> started off as being a bookstore and then they expanded to everything else, even though they're still the number one destination for books. Twitch is the same way. They started off as a dedicated platform for gaming. They've expanded beyond into pretty much every category now, but they're still the number one destination for live gaming content. Um, although um, some of these other platforms like YouTube, which is a much bigger behemoth, especially when you look at the VOD content on it, um, and, you know, even Facebook gaming is continuing to grow. So, um, but that's also a bigger, I tend to look at the streaming industry in the same way people look at the streaming movie services where, you know, there's not just Netflix, there's Netflix, Hulu, HBO, Prime. And I can see the same thing happening with live streaming platforms as well, that we will reach a point where there's enough gamers in this world, we know that, to keep, to let all of them, these platforms coexist. Um mm. And yes, all of them are actually going to deal with the same challenges, though. And that's going to be that's what's always going to be interesting as new platforms start up, because when you're smaller, um, it's easier to moderate because you can have more staff and less creators to worry about. 
So, um, you know, because of where Twitch is at on the live side, they're definitely at the forefront of having to deal with some challenges that ultimately all of them are going to have to deal with. Um, I mean, we already saw this happening with, you know, creators who are banned from those from like YouTube and Twitch. We saw them um, going to other platforms and um, and so and then those other platforms getting uh, getting a lot of uh, negative feedback for the creators they were hosting. So, um, yeah, so it's, 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 um, it's going to sort of tr- trickle down moderation. <laughs> eventually, every, everybody's eventually going to have to get to where Twitch is at. And that's the thing. I, as much as Twitch gets, um, sometimes it gets, uh, people criticize its moderation. I think what they've done with moderation is still better than a lot of other social media out there. Um, the reality is, is that there's just a lot of toxicity online. So everybody's dealing with it. Um, but I think they've created a lot of tools where you'll see big streamers, somebody like take Co Carnage, you know, he has thousands of viewers and he's able to actually have a very well moderated chat um, because he's trained his, his, his moderators. He know he uses the right tools and um, and he sets sort of the right uh, vibe for his community. And mm-hmm. so he's sort of proven that if you cultivate your community correctly, you use the right tools, you read the instructions before you start streaming that it doesn't always have to be uh, a, a toxic experience. Um, but I digress. And, you know, speaking of Amazon, I mean, since Twitch is owned by Amazon, uh, while you were there, did you notice any pressure from, uh, at least from the Amazon side, that was uh, pushing Twitch to be stronger in terms of uh, these types of streams? Or was Amazon largely very hands-off regarding that? Uh, during my time, um, which actually was, until you know two years ago um mm-hmm. uh, t- amazon always let twitch do what twitch wanted to do i mean they helped support twitch in terms of twitch would say here's what we want to build and then they would help you know you know that was sort of like the acquisition uh that's really what it helped do was bring a lot of generate a lot of revenue for the brand to or give the brand a lot of money so they could actually do the things they wanted to do but do right. it better and faster um so i didn't during my time, we didn't get a lot of pressure, or at least, you know, I, it didn't trickle down to me. There might be pressure on higher ups or different departments, but I always got the sense that, like, when I was dealing with, when, when I was brought into the loop with controversies, usually, you know, we might get counsel if we reached out for it, but uh, a lot of it, the, it often said, okay, you know, what are you, Twitch, what are you guys going to do? And do you need our help or assistance? And it was usually like we would come together and say, okay, this seems like the, the best path forward for this issue, um, mm. you know, but like I said, you know, but as I have no idea what the current relationship is. And I also don't always know what was going on behind closed doors because um, as much as I had a seat at one table, there was bigger tables above me as well. And then, you know, now going on to some of the work that you do at Stream Elements, I think one of the <laughs> the biggest things that Stream Elements does provide to the media is a bevy of statistics that we could always use for our articles. Um, you know, in this past, in 2020, you know, we, when we saw the rise of uh, hot tub streamers like Amaranth, like Indie Fox, um, largely, you know, taking over the top spots um, in many ways, I mean, what... In terms of numbers, what what stands out to you? Um, in terms of just numbers on Twitch in general, I mean, well, it, yeah, yeah. I mean, more in terms of these specific types of streamers, um, and the the rapid increase in popularity that they that they saw throughout twenty twenty. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, the thing about it is that, yes, these, I mean, we're only really talking about two categories. And here's the thing about the, the hot tub streaming is that because it happened before there was an actual category for it, mm-hmm. we really don't have good measurement on it because you would have to know everybody who's, um, you have to have a category for people to stream. And a lot right. of the people who were streaming it were using um, other categories like just chatting and things like that. Um, so there really wasn't a set category for hot tubs. And so it's unfortunate that you can't really measure that way. Yes, you could look at certain streamers who are having good good growth out of it. Um, but Amaranth, I mean, she's been growing in, 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 in most of the categories she does. It's not... Um, she just happens to be very popular. You know, she has a good fan base. Um, and um, so, yeah, so it's unfortunately we don't really have a good perspective on, you know, we can't really track hot tubbing as a content category mm-hmm. um, across the board. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I think another reason why, you know, whatever you'd go on Reddit or Twitter and you would see annoyance regarding these types of streamers that continue to like, rank in the top spots was that it i guess for to some it it felt kind of like a, a race to the bottom or a race to um the types of content that would just grab the most attention uh, at least that's kind of what i was feeling do you think that's maybe a little too reductive of the types of content that or the you know the types of streams that are being put out by these streamers well i mean i i look at kind of like tiktok you know in mm-hmm. TikTok, everybody rides the latest trends, which is usually based around what, okay, what's the latest dance and the latest song tied to it? Um, streamers are no different. It's not just hot tubbing. It's about a new game is released. Everybody wants to be on it. And so I think savvy creators, you know, they follow what's what's going to be the next big thing. And um, sometimes they're the ones responsible for making it so. But I think every big creator has learned how to follow the trends. And so... Um, yeah, I mean, because sometimes it'll just be one streamer playing a game and that blows up because they play it. And then suddenly you see all the other streamers saying, oh, OK, maybe we should be playing that as well, um, because that's where the audience is moving toward. So um, I don't think hot tubs or ASMR is any different. It's people see opportunities to get traffic. I mean, and a lot of, you know, and then the, the press helps fuel it. Um mm-hmm. You know, like, oh, hot tub streams are a big thing. So suddenly everybody's all uh, Googling, looking up, okay, who's streaming hot tubs? And then, you know, you, and then uh, people who take pride in that type of content, they want to make sure that, uh, that, that they get that traffic. Hmm. And then I guess what, uh, this will be my last question. You know, what do you feel is going to be kind of the end game throughout all of this? I mean, will there be some kind of grander lesson that, the Twitch and the community will learn? Do you think that it'll, you know, eventually the type of content will reach an end point to which, you know, there will be some greater clash? Well, I mean, well, we si- we did see them issue some suspensions and yes, three day sup- suspensions, obviously the community see sometimes just sees those as a slap on the hands to mm-hmm. hopefully reel in creators. Um, and so, no, I mean, it's, I think that, um, we haven't seen the end of it. People trying to find new ways to, uh, to, to, to drive new trends. So, um, what that's going to be next, I have no idea. Um, you know, we've, uh, you know, ASMR by nature is also very, you know, it's a, it's already an interesting category. Um, 
but the uh, and hot tubs you know putting somebody in a pool you know you, it's hard to go <laughs> it's you know i don't know what comes after you know putting somebody in a bathing suit um in terms of pushing the envelope for suggestive content um but um but mm. i but, but 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 there will be something <laughs> you know, that's that's the, th- the one thing i've learned is that there is no shortage of creativity when it comes to new content on Twitch. Whenever I felt I've seen everything, along comes Twitch Plays Pokemon, you know, which created a whole new category of Twitch Plays games. You know, you had people doing the stock market. You know, there, there's constantly, there's constant innovation of things that will be a huge splash in the media uh, and a cultural touch point. I think we th- these things are are going to go down sort of the, the milestones, maybe not the milestones the brand talks about, but things the community talks about. Mm. Um, you know, even uh, like I, I was just looking up, uh, hot tubs, pools, hot tubs and beaches category, and mm-hmm. it had a huge spike. And then it's, I see that it's definitely gone down. So, um, people why have, do you, why like, do you think it, it, it completely fell off? Was it because of the, the loss of advertising revenue? Um, that could very, that's actually a very, uh, astute point, which is that, you know, they make more money probably off the ad rev. And then they do from subscribers um, potentially, and so if they, if those categories are being demonetized, that could definitely be a reason to try something that isn't. Um, so that could very well be the reason why, um, because you would think that even though the novelty is worn off, if somebody's going to a channel to watch somebody in a hot tub, they're going to keep going, you know, forever, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> because that's the kind of content they like. Um, it's not like, oh, that novelty wears off. I think, I think if you're, you know, if you're, whatever your motivation is for that channel, I mean, it could be that people who are experimenting in that category, it's not what they're about. Um, you know, I've seen people dabble in it, um, just because it was trending, like, oh, I'll I'll do something. I mean, there's also been a lot of novelty, you know, people wearing t-shirts and hot tubs or making fake hot tubs, you know, so it also got a big boost from people poking fun at the meta. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, with that, Chase, thank you so much for stopping on the show. Hey, no problem. It's been my pleasure. Um, And uh, yeah, so whenever you want to connect again about uh, live streaming and data and Twitch, uh, you know where to reach me. And that was FTW with Ahmad Khan, part of the Dot Esports Podcast Network. If you enjoyed the show, please rate and share. For full transcripts of the show, head on over to ftwamad.com. To follow Chase, you can find him at ChaseJustChase on Twitter. To follow me and my work over at Tom's Guide, you can find me at Imad on Twitter. This episode was produced by Henrique Damore and Jacob Wolf. Executive producers are Kevin Morris and Thomas Tischio. With that, we'll catch you guys next week.